Hello and welcome to World Shop, the podcast where we build worlds based off the roll of a 20-sided die. I'm Jordan. And I'm Cody. How's it going, Cody? It's going, it's going well, Jordan. How are you? I must say we didn't start with a fight, but I did get angry right before we started. You did? Well, I messed up the beginning, so I'll... And, and you know how sensitive I am about starting and finishing the show. Everything that happens in the middle, I don't care. But starting the show is a very, it is like almost freaking to a science now. Come yeah, on, it's, it's a very important thing for you that I ignore, yeah. Yeah, I know, Cody. I know you don't care what I do. Anyways, bud, what have you been up to recently? Um. Okay, Jordan, I'm going to level with you. We talked before about yeah. what I was going to talk about. And you're and not going to talk about it. It's gone. No, it just left Mandalorian. The Mandalorian. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so The Mandalorian Season 2. You don't You don't care about The Mandalorian, right? I don't care about spoilers, but I will say spoilers and all of that stuff, guys. Um, Skip like five minutes ahead. It's not going to be that spoiler heavy. There's going to be some very light, low-key Yeah, spoilers. if there's spoilers, I, I'll, I'll put some sort of... Because I know people are very sensitive about their Star Wars. I'll put a disclaimer of where you can skip to in the description. So, what I would say is this. This is fairly spoiler-free, so it's okay. Um, the, the issue that Star Wars faces, and really any genre like this faces... Because the same thing is kind of happening with, like, the harry potter extended universe and even to a lesser extent marvel dc has this issue where you have like this main big story right like your nine movies now and then they keep making all these little side and spin-off stories and they they have to like try to tie them back into the main story and they have to put star wars stuff in them right but the mandalorian worked best well, sorry, that's why, sorry, I'm just saying that's why, to me, Solo kind of failed because they had to make it super Star Wars-y. Yeah, they had to keep tying it, try to tie it back into stuff that was Star Wars-y, right? Because otherwise it yeah. really isn't that Star Wars-y, which is fine, no. by the way. Yeah. So Mandalorian worked really well as just a Western, basically. You know, it it was very clearly inspired by old samurai movies and old Western movies, which is also what Star Wars itself was inspired by, so that's mm-hmm. fine with me. Um... But season two definitely had more Star Warsy tie-ins back into like a main plot. And this is where I go, okay, some of my friends are very annoyed by that because they just wanted the Mandalorian to be its own standalone thing. It didn't need to relate back to all the mainline Star Wars stuff that we're sick of. It could be its own thing, but it did definitely tie back in more. But here's my thing. I will say... The, the emotional beats that happened at the end of the show were well set up and well paid off, and they were not based solely around the presence of, like, Darth Vader's not in it. But you know what I mean when, like, Star Wars has to throw Darth Vader in it just to be there? Okay, so Jordan just kind of, like, he wanted to cut it out because what he said was a super big spoiler. But basically my point is that, like, Darth Vader's not in the Mandalorian, but you know how they kind of have to throw Darth Vader into stuff just to tie it back into the the Star Wars story. There are equivalents of that in the Mandalorian where they bring back characters that feel like they have a big audience following. Everyone's a fan of these characters, but the thing is they're used very scarcely and they're not really emotionally relevant points. 
Like, the emotion of the series is centered around the Mandalorian and Baby Yoda. And that's yeah. it. You mean like, Grogu, right? Well, yeah. yeah but I, don't, I don't know who Baby Yoda is, but I do know who Grogu is. You know, here's the thing. They do not really call him. Like, the show even acknowledges that they're not going to call him Grogu because um, Man the Mandalorian just calls him the kid. I mean, the Mandalorian yeah. doesn't even freaking have a name. He just gets called Mando, you know? Um, but, you know, Mando just calls him the kid. And so all of the, like, poignant moments are around, like, this weird adoptive father-son relationship between these two yeah. characters. And that's it. it there, are other, there are other popular Star Wars characters that pop in, but at the end of the day, you could get rid of all of those side characters and the show would be the same and it would still work. So I'm fine with it. It's it's it felt more like a cameo and less like it needed to be there. And I'll say that like especially in the last episode, there was a fan servicey scene. It did not ruin the end tone of the entire show. Okay. Like it's it's very similar to when um in Rogue what's it One. called? Rogue One when Darth Vader came in at the end. But the problem is that undercut the entire emotional climax of the movie that was supposed to be like somber and tragic. And then you have like an action scene with Darth Vader murdering people, which didn't make any sense because everyone likes Darth Vader because he's popular. Like I liked that the end of Mandalorian was it was like pretty quiet and heartfelt. And it was just like the two main characters having an emotional connection and in the case of Mando, he like had a character arc that came full circle and landed in a way that I felt like was satisfying and implied either character growth or like tension within that character. And I liked that. So I was fine with it. I enjoyed the show. I have no complaints, really. I mean, there's like some, but they're nitpicky. And, and it wasn't yeah. that they brought in Star Wars stuff. I was OK with them bringing in Star Wars stuff. Also, most of the extra Star Wars stuff they brought in was from Clone Wars, the TV yeah, show. Yeah, that's what I've heard. And I freaking love Clone Wars, the TV show. It's like my favorite Star Wars is Clone Wars, the TV show. So I'm just like, yeah, give me more of the Clone Wars. Yeah, they brought in Ahsoka this round, which... Spoilers. That one was ruined because um, Rosario Darson was like cast as Ahsoka for the Mandalorian yeah, like but two yes, years ago. Yes, uh, Ahsoka, <laughs> Ahsoka was brought back and so was the, um, uh, well, this is like prequel stuff, but like Boba Fett slash the clone trooper guy was brought back. Yeah. Which is actually cool that he gets to keep coming back. <laughs> like, and, remember when like, he, like remember when they talked him up so much and he just gets shot into a Sarlacc pit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I felt like, and that's where, like, and now, okay, now we're in spoiler territories, but Boba Fett he, comes back, right? Yeah. And he's Boba Fett, and he's a little bit cool, and they have him be a little bit cool, but, like, he does so little. Like, well, Boba they, Fett they, is in it for five minutes. They do and the yeah, same thing, because, like, Darth Maul, like, I know Darth Maul has a huge part in Clone Wars and stuff like that, and yeah, there's this whole rivalry really cool. between him and Obi-Wan, and it's super cool, but in the movies, Darth Maul was literally there for, like, scenes, he doesn't talk, he just moves around a bunch, and it's kind of cool, but then he comes back, and, like, so if you didn't really follow Clone Wars and shit, as I know a lot of people didn't, and you watch Solo, and they, like, try to talk up Darth Maul again as being a super badass, it's just kind of like, no one cares about you. 
Yeah, Darth Maul is a weird one because, like, I like what they did with Darth Maul in the Clone Wars. I didn't really need him to be there in Solo, especially because it went nowhere and meant nothing that that was in there. Like, that's kind of what I mean, is it didn't fit within the story. Like, the character additions, like, even Boba Fett, which was kind of, like, the most long-term and fan y character, is actually an important character for Mando. Because Good. Yeah, because he's, he's like, also a Mandalorian, right? Well, no, he's not. Like, he's a clone of a guy who was also not really a Mandalorian. And oh. Mando, his whole thing is that he's, like, for lack of a better term, he's like a religious fanatic. He's like a yeah, zealot. Yeah, because yeah, um, the, the whole Mandalorian thing is like their religion stuff, right? Right, right, right. And so, there, there's a lot of rituals. And I know with the one other Mandalorian, there's like a, a lot of rituals and stuff that they do. Like it's a part of this whole big thing. Right. So he had to keep interacting with Mandalorians or Mandalorian adjacent people that were not like him. And so it's it's kind of like the tension for that character was he wanted to have these really strict, rigid morals. Like in season one, it was like, this is how I behave. I do not deviate. And he didn't for all of season one. And then season two, like he lost his support structure and started caring more about baby Yoda. And all of a sudden it was like, ah, you know, it's like. If it means saving baby Yoda, if it means oh, finishing yeah. the mission, and like you can see those morals start to kind of get shaky and yeah. slowly shift and slowly that's shift. Cool, that's a cool character arc. That's cool. And it was a, it was a cool character arc that culminated very well in the last episode. So I'm like, in terms of being well written, it was like they set up so and Boba Fett played into this well. They set up so many things about. How he related to the armor, how he related to Mandalorian culture, and how he related to Baby Yoda, and how those were in tension with each other, and they all came full circle in the last episode. So I'm like, it's well written. Like, yeah. that's a well written story. They set up a thing, they explained it really well. You saw him struggle with it, and then you saw it get resolved in the end in a satisfying way. I'm like, well, what else do you want from a story? Like, anyways, Cody, 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 Cody. Okay, so is that all you got, or do you have anything else? Um. Okay, I'll take that as a no. You know, I made a really good cheeseburger. Okay. Anyways, Cody. Well, are you gonna let me ask you, or are you just gonna like go into? I was gonna go into because you usually don't ask me. Well, Jordan, what have you been up to this week? God, I don't even know anymore. Ah. Um. Well, first, finish my immortal. I will say, had one of the like most comedic sections in anything i've ever read where the like super goth main character goes to prep hell and they um, are wearing like this pink polo shirt they like try to take it off because like they're super goth they can't wear prep hell and then they and they keep pulling off the shirt it's just another pink polo shirt over and over again and that kind of fits into our theme of today which is describe hell and i think that was a very amazing description of hell so if anybody wants to just find that chapter is chapter 39 of my immortal it's actually kind of freaking funny but but the other thing i've been doing jeez, ah, i don't kind of this one of those things i kind of want to talk about because it's not that great but it's it's one of those things that's kind of been talked about a lot recently look you know just go go for honesty if you've been watching garbage acknowledge it okay yeah you know what? i've <sighs> So I've been watching anime. So at the baseline, it's garbage. <laughs> There's good anime. Good anime. There is good. But this this is it, it. Try it's trying. It really does try. But there are moments that I don't like about it. But I'm watching Re Zero or Re Zero. Um, 
Life in Another World. And it's, yeah, you've probably seen the two waifu characters from this show. Like I'm pretty everywhere. sure I've given you a face because I think that it's been advertised to me on Netflix, which does tell you it's something not, about what I watch It's not on Netflix, I, I don't it. think. It's on Crunchyroll. So, But yeah, it's basically, it's this guy, Subaru, who ends up in this um other like this fantasy world which is kind of like the final fantasy like fantasy world where there's like animal people and there's like you know magic and all this stuff and like it's an isekai um anime meaning like it's you know a person who gets teleported to another world and has to learn the rules of it but usually in isekai worlds that person ends up becoming like a super badass like can use magic and like is truly understood by the world but in this he's still kind of a loser so he doesn't have a magical power but he runs into this girl amelia who's like the error of the throne of this world or whatever and they kind of become friends but he finds out he does have a magic power when he um they kind of go on a quest that her like magic insignia was stolen they go on a quest to find it and then at the end of the first episode he's straight up fucking sorry he's straight up freaking murked and gets this like gets just destroyed and then wakes up alive again Um, at the beginning of his journey and finds out that, yeah, his power is um, returned by death. Every time he dies, he starts at pretty much like a save point and like has to like solve all these like things before he can kind of continue. So, so it's interesting that way, but it is kind of garbage at times. It does a couple things that I don't like that a lot of animes do, which is the trope of the male character. If I bother this um, love interest, enough eventually they'll fall for me and he's like (laughs) he is really obnoxious about it and like ask her on dates and like all this is like oh yeah but like they kind of had a breaking point moment where like they split ways currently is where i'm at because he's kind of a selfish person and like she realized that and like maybe there will be character development and it'll be better but that's a trope i don't like where it's just like yeah if we keep bothering this girl they'll go out with me and that's the kind of like show and that's kind of stuff that gets all these weird nerds thinking oh yeah if i just do nice stuff and i just keep bothering this girl she has to fall in love with me and that's why i don't like that because it perpetuates have you also been listening to the dresden files books like i have because that's does that same type of thing happen it's a very common trope and i really don't like that it perpetuates like that because people read all this stuff and then they start to believe that's how life works and it's not sometimes a girl just doesn't like you and no matter what you do, isn't going to like you in that way. Yeah, and maybe you shouldn't do anything. Like Maybe you should stop bothering them. And if just, someone you makes know, it clear to you that they don't like you, maybe just, you know, go, okay, and then move on with your life and don't do weird crap, like in the, there, you know? In, in this character relationship, there's a little flirting back and forth, but, like, a lot of it seems like he is just forcing her to care about him. And that's one thing I didn't like. And then there's, like, you know, it's it's anime, so there's waifus all over the place. <laughs> uh, I'm noticing that from scrolling through pictures. Also, there's a... Did he get his hand cut off at some point? Wait, what? Oh, that might Maybe, have been a spoiler. He, I mean... I mean, I don't, he, I mean, okay, I will say he does straight up, so his first death, he gets his stomach split open, like, he gets his guts cut out. <laughs> it's that's like, very, I'm looking yeah, at images of it, and it's just, like, anime waifus everywhere, and then a picture then, of him looking horrified I don't know if I hand. got to that specific scene, but yeah, he gets his hand cut off, he gets his stomach, he gets his throat straight up slit by a character who is like technically a good person too but they just don't trust him so they they um their duties to protect the mansion so they kill him oh my gosh i can get a waifu visa card kill me now but that's anime does stuff like that that i don't like 
Oh, the other thing, I also really quick, I'll finish this because this is something we've talked about on the show before. But I finished watching the second series of Eureka Seven. The like they did a sequel to it, and it was it was middling at best, but the ending was good because they 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 did time travel in a way that I actually appreciate it for once in my life. And we've talked about this many times before. I hate time travel plots. But yeah, I'm the way shocked they, that you like to time travel. The, the way they did it was like going back in time or like doing these things to mess with time completely changes the world. And like, so the ending is pretty much like, oh yeah, you can make it back to your time and world, but because you've done all this stuff to change time, that's not going to be the same world that you saw. Like that's not the one that's been, so it's, not like so it ends with him starting a whole new story again because in the world that he fixed he doesn't exist so he has to start over again and i thought that was a really cool way of doing it rather than oh yeah we fixed the plot through time travel and now everything's okay it like yeah, his I mean time that. travel had big consequences and change like they also do this like sequel like episode just to kind of wrap it up and show what happened while he was gone at the very end and like they show that the whole world is different and nothing exists in the same way and i thought that was a very cool way of doing time travel like like the show that it actually messing with time had permanent consequences and he could never go back to the time that he knew yeah i mean i like that that's that's a better yeah, way that, to do it, it i think that's like. a good way of doing it like and it wasn't like, like it's a happy ending because yeah he gets to start over and develop those relationships again but it's also not happy because he did pretty much lose all the progress that he had worked so hard to do and it, it, it was cool it, it, it was cool i say i mean i did spoil the whole show so sorry but eureka 7 I, I was i was not going to watch well it. i was it saying for audience A-O-K. people now i know you're not gonna watch it but audience people eureka 7 ao it, it, it's it's a good watch if you just want to throw something on like it's not i'm not gonna say it's like cowboy bebop or samurai shampoo or um ava level but it, it's a it's a decent watch because i did just name like three of my favorite anime so yeah of course it's not those. <laughs> of course it's not those anyways cody what was last week? You should know. Uh, last week, uh, oh man, I I don't remember it. Um, also, Pup just had a tiny desk concert, so everybody check that out. I saw that. I am excited. I was, uh, what was last? I week? mean, their oh sound isn't the greatest because he's playing in his apartment, but Pup had a tiny desk concert. I'm so happy. Yeah, but for I mean, him. it's Pup, so it's Pup. I, there, I'm so happy for him. Can we be upset? <laughs> that sounds so dumb, but I'm just like, I'm just happy that they're getting more and more recognition because <laughs> they're they're a good band. Anyways, but yeah, I kind of oh, it tried was to Star give, World and yeah, and I tried Black to give you a hint World. by talking about music. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> That's what I was yeah, going yeah, for. yeah, 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 yeah. It was Star World. That's yeah, Star World and Metalcore World. <laughs> Metalcore. Yeah, not black metal. No, that wouldn't have been. No, 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 not bl- black metal would have been a little bit different. Right. <laughs> um Scott World's really fun. Yeah, and and this week we're doing we're doing uh Describe Hell. Yes. Correct. I'm proud of you, Cody. You you did a good job. I, Actually remember, man. even though you asked me the day of less than 10 hours before we record it, if 
what the world was this week. And I was like, and then you tried to be like, hey, Diana, do you want to like, you know, do like a, you know, impromptu episode so we, I don't have to write this world today? It's almost like I forgot. It's okay. I got, I, so, I'm, I'm happy with what I wrote. I'm kind of scared we wrote the same thing based on kind of what you were saying. We that's why didn't. I tra- okay, we that's didn't. what I tried I to say of... is like what I wrote. So you didn't write the same thing. I'm like, yeah, I... no, I, I kind of intentionally strayed from okay, where good. I started. Like it's there, but it's not. I think one quarter of my world is going to be very similar to your entire world. Yeah. I Okay, I'll, I'll get into describing after describing what I was going for after I explain my well after I do my first part. But Cody, roll yeah. for initiative. Wow, yep. that's really bad. I mean, I kind of want to go first. Yeah, sure. Like well, I, you probably you're probably Oh, wait, no, that's not what I thought it was. I didn't see one of the numbers. Oh, yeah, that's not terrible. I got a terrible. 16. I got a 12, so you go first. Woo! I thought it was a two at first, but then I like saw the one. I'm like, okay. Um, okay. I did. I did close the Google Doc with my world open in it. Good job, great podcasting, buddy. So, um, I'm I'm what you call a podcasting expert. I'm never not prepared, and I I always do everything totally correct. And I have totally lost it. The world is gone. Uh, I don't know where it went. Hang on. I mean, you figure it wouldn't be really all that hard. You to don't find have to hell. vamp because I. Can- oh wait, you're not vamping. You're talking. Whoops. What? Yeah, I'm not vamping. Who? I thought you were. T- why would I you th- ever accuse me of vamping? I'm a professional, and the fact that you. Anyways, my world's called hell. I just. Uh, I just got there. All right, you ready? Ready yes. to go? Yeah. All right. Okay. Hang on. Actually, my wife messaged me. Okay, so you are vamping. God, what the fuck uh- is happening with this episode? <laughs> At this point now, I'm just messing with you. Okay, hell. Welcome to H-E double Helky Sticks. And prepare <laughs> to suffer your own personal highway through hell. You are a terrible person. Obviously, I will be your bus driver through hell. Remember, the bathroom is broken, the windows don't roll down, your cell phone's about to die, and the seats are somehow at once gritty and sticky. Ew, that's so gross. That's the worst description ever. (laughs) Right, I was pretty proud of that one. But here we are, stop one! Business possum! Enjoy hell, supplicant! So you did do exactly what you were gonna, what you said you were gonna do. That's stop one. So that's okay. stop one. There's four stops. Business possible. Oh god. <laughs> you step out into a cubicle farm, not unlike any of the, any number of similar places that you have worked before you died. For hell, it wasn't even that hot. All around, there was just kind of an odd ambient noise of ACs, CPU fans, and the clickety clack of keyboards and mice. The voices you heard were hushed in kind of a squeaky little shrill sound. The walls and cubicles were all the same dirty off gray, and you could see paint drips oozing down onto the carpet. The carpet itself was dusty and stained, and there was a perpetual kind of stale and vaguely vaguely putrid and acidic smell to the air. You find your desk and sit down, you power up your computer you power up your computer and wait for a literal eternity for the machine to boot. Then you hear the scraping sounds of claws on the carpet. You prepare yourself for whatever demon it is that runs this office of hell. 
A massive possum walks around the cubicle on his hind legs. He is holding an ice-cold coffee mug and wearing a dirty suit and tie. Hey, new guy, how are you doing today? Yeah, good, great, yeah, of course. (laughs) Now, can you go ahead and fill out these orientation documents before me? I'm Hector, by the way, the CEO of Possum Hell. Uh, yeah okay sure and where were those documents again though yeah later buddy give me a shout if you need anything yeah but where were those Uh, oh okay possum's gone five minutes later another possum walks up to your cube hey champ did you get a chance to fill out those orientation docs i'm the president here at possum hell just wanted to make sure you were doing well do you have a minute for an interview just wanted to make sure you're gonna be a good fit here in possum hell with the team oh okay so can i meet some of my coworkers then of course not anyway if you were a house plant what kind of dog do you think would pee on you uh, three hours later, a new possum enters. Hi there, I'm Janet, the CFO and head HR rep here at Possum Hell. I noticed that you haven't done those orientation docs. Could you just hop right on those and really quick just knock them right out of the park? That'd be great. Thanks. Yeah, could you just please tell me where those documents actually are? Oh, did Hector not show you? Uh, no. No, he did not. Well, let me go get Hector. One hour later. Hector comes back. Hey, buddy. How is that orientation document treating you? Now, Jan says that you lost the first copy I gave you. And, you know, bad move to lose something the president and CEO and union rep of Possum Hell gave you. No, I I never got it. Can you just send it to me again? Hector walks around to your computer and finds the file and opens it for you. You know, buddy, I would expect you to be able to use a computer at this point in your career. Maybe we'll just set you up with some basic PC training. You look at the document. It basically just asks you to enter your name a billion times. Well, time to get to work. You start typing. The keyboard is broken. On-screen keyboard only. Welcome to Possum Hell. Copy and paste has been disabled. <laughs> that's uh, that's possum. That's possum business hell. So, um, Dude. I'm kind of gonna talk about my inspirations for each one of my stops in hell, except for um, this one. No, this one I'm gonna talk about. I'm just talking about a little bit. You know, it's just I I have like an issue with authority, and like not in that I cannot work with people that technically are like superiors in my own job but just like people that put on airs of being in charge of something whilst actually having no authority at all just frustrate me to no end and like that like extremely rigid and tiered structure that some things have i just like couldn't care less about ever and it always frustrates me and also i hate possums so this would be my first like this is like my first ring of hell I do love is how you possums exist and they are business people. 
I do love how you have to say you don't like authority when, like, every time I've had to, like, I've wanted to have some structure to the show. You've shut me down and, like, walked all over me. And people have heard that. So, like, everybody knows you don't like authority. And I think yeah. you even screamed at me. When, not screamed, like, anger screamed. But you were just like, I don't do authority. And I was like, okay, Cody. I guess, I guess we'll just do it your way then. <laughs> Jordan, I tried to do the intro one time and you <laughs> lost your mind. Because you I, had like look, a Cody, nervous Cody, Cody, break. Cody, we have to like we have to do this for the 50th time. There are few things in life that I need to have done the exact way. The intro of this show is something that we've been doing for over a hundred times that needs to be done in an exact way. Or it's not because I've tried to put myself as the CEO of this podcast, but it's just because I am very neurotic about a couple of things in my life, and the intro of this show is one of them. Or what we could do is burn the past and do the intro different every no, single no, time. No, stop, 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 please. No, no, I'm no. just, I'm just gonna quote Kylo that, Ren, all right? You that just literally gotta... gives me anxiety. I'm literally, my heart is racing. <sighs> Cody, don't. We can't do it differently every time. We can't even. No, no, no. Gotta get rid of the past. Kill it if you have to. Yeah, I'm not going to kill anything. I'm a pacifist. Well, I was meaning metaphorically. I'm not talking about that. Oh, so that person I just. Although, now, it might be an argument to just no more intros, just cold start every (laughs) time. Welcome to Daisy. You know, just. Just, God, cold openings every time would be so weird. Anyways, Cody. So it's my part. Uh, why did I roll lower? I hate going second. When I, that's another thing that I'm neurotic about. But, you know, I can't cheat at the roll. So How many times have you lied on your dice roll, Jordan? Be honest. Zero. I don't believe you. You're Zero. You're a liar. <laughs> I, okay, I do love this other thing that you do that drives me insane. It's like you ask me something, I answer truthfully, or I'll tell you like information that I know, and then you just don't believe me. <laughs> why do i even answer you you're just not gonna believe a word i say well it's because you do answer me and then that just like (laughs) that that allows for you to do whatever the heck you want i know yeah it just (sighs) it just it just eggs me on like well jordan answered once i better just keep this joke going you know literally like i have all these like just neurotic tendencies and you just just like poke them you just poke them all. This is like ah. <laughs> it's, but, it's like immersion therapy. Is that a thing that actually works? By the way, or is that I like don't think debunked? so because it <laughs> hasn't worked over a hundred episodes for me. So okay, or like in the ten years of knowing me. Oh my god. Okay, quick story. I know we got to get to the podcast, but quick story. So I in college, you you. This is a story about you, so it's just for the audience. But in college, I had one of my friends come visit me from Ohio, and so this was like someone who I thought was like you know I wanted to seem a little well, not as lame as I usually see for them, and so they came over, and then Cody visited because Cody's like one of my good friends, and I love Cody. And so what does he do? I don't but remember this story. We're, we're hanging so out in my, my apartment just talking and stuff. And so what he does is he goes to the bathroom in my room and then he locks himself in my room and starts messing with all my stuff and won't leave the room. And I have to like force it open with the key and he like is holding the door shut so he can keep messing with myself. Finally push past Cody and see what he messed with. He took my plunger and just shoved it onto the wall and just left it there. And he was just messing with all the stuff in my bathroom. It's just 
literally, I was trying to seem like, I was trying to be more calm and collected, but I flipped. I was like, what are you doing? What? Like, get out. Like, ah, Cody. And yeah, and he, kept, and he kept doing that all night, finding a different thing to mess with to drive me insane. I this is this is Cody. Though. Like I sometimes I come off as the mean one. No, no, no. Cody is the mean one. <laughs> I'm, I'm not mean. I'm just um. I don't know. You are. You are Generally a um, disrespectful. A hundred percent. A hundred thousand percent. Oh my gosh! I forgot about that. It, I mean, I think like, I flipped over all your chairs too and stuff. Mm-hmm. I just put. I just. I just made everything upside down. Yeah. See, but I couldn't really get mad at that because, like, a couple weeks before, we had done that to another friend. Where we had just we got and we flipped everything okay we need to get to the show but we flipped everything in their apartment upside down even the kitchen table so i put everything to on top of right it upside now, down what a solid move if you're going to college right now a solid move if you want to mess with people or make friends is just flip over all their stuff um it's, you'll, it's you'll make friends mostly for life not, it it's never mostly backfires. non-destructive it's mostly non-destructive it's it is really mostly funny. non-destructive that's true it's very easy to fix um don't like burn their house down and don't kick down front doors um those are all things that happened to me anyways what okay i didn't do that but someone did that to me okay cody i gotta get i gotta get to my part we can't ruin this about college anymore okay here's my geography you wake up in an empty white room with only a desk in front of you the room seems to stretch on forever and there is not another creature or object in sight suddenly a man dressed in a black three-piece suit appears in front of you Usually I like to play around first, but let's cut to the chase, the demon says. You are dead, and unfortunately being mean to your co-host didn't necessarily help you out. This ah, sucker. This is you. This, this, this is you, Cody. What? No, it's supposed to be your hell. We've already done No, 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 hell. it wasn't my hell because we've already done our hells. This is describe hell. You are in hell. Oh, oh, I see. So this is this is generic hell. Yeah, this is gene- this is actually generic. Hell. Anyways, this is hell. And as you see, there are no there are no exits, no escape, and no chance of rescue. If you did, well, how did you this- get in? Then no, I want to know how did how did the demon get in? He appeared because he's a demon. Well, can magic? How powers. did I appear then? Cody, can you can you not do the usual <laughs> thing to me? Can you not? After I talked about how I'm neurotic and that you keep poking me, you decided to come in here and start poking me. <laughs> and I hate you so much world for it. With you in hell. If you did escape this hellish <sighs> building, you would only be trapped outside in an infinite fire. So you are stuck here for as long as we say so. You will be put to work though, and given the chance for an appeal on your sentence. Pending further approval from the angelic powers up above, you will then be taken to limbo, where you will have the chance to argue your case into getting into heaven. That being said, come with me, and I will show you where you will be spending your eternity. <laughs> A door appears behind the man, and you walk out. It's magic, Cody, because it's hell. You find yourself in a completely different room, one that looks like a mix of a post office and a police precinct. Lighting the near endless walls are all rooms where you see other human looking demons dressed in black like the one in front of you, guiding people out and showing them around. In the center of the room are desks where people sit at, sorting through files and stamping them. The man tells you that this is where all the case files are sorted through. The office receives a file and follows it through to the appeal process. 
On the other side of the expansive room is the receiving area, where long tubes come down from the ceiling into stations like you would see at a bank. Out of these air tubes come small cylinders that store more case files and other new information about those who died. People are working hard at these stations to receive the files and sort them into proper categories. They take the new info and sort it into existing files. For new cases, a runner takes these files to be worked on at a desk where the file is officially started. What, Cody? Uh, is it possible for me to go up and ask somebody if they're working hard or hardly working? Yes. Anyways, with so many people entering hell, the cycle is endless. You can tell the workers are stressed and tired, but the man informs you there are very little breaks. Only enough to stop and get food so that the people feel accomplished and re-energized. But down in hell, there are no accomplishments. You work because that's what you know how to do, and you are never released by death. Day after day, you suffer. But the man also informs you, this is the easier part. The jobs on this level are envied, and only those who have been in hell for a long period of time can apply to them. Next, the man takes you to the floor below the file room and informs you this is where you will be working. In front of you spreads out a near-endless cubicle farm. Millions of people are sitting in their cubes receiving calls and taking down notes at a computer. Each cubicle consists of an L-desk, a calendar, a calendar with cute animals on it, a hang-in-there poster, and a, a computer with a keyboard and headset, a phone, a desk chair, and to the side, an exercise ball if you are feeling extra pretentious. Every cubicle is the same six square feet, and every cubicle is filled with a person working hard to answer the phone and take notes as if their life depends on it. The man informs you that the calls being received are all insurance calls. Who are these people calling to file insurance claims? Who knows? But they are all angry, and you must handle the situation without a fight. You may not be working for money, but every day you work is a good review and a good mark to the appeals process for heaven. If you don't make your quotas and don't defuse the customer's explosive anger, then you are punished. A shock, a burn, a whip, or sent to the basement. <laughs> With <coughs> My throat, sorry. To the basement. You must sit at your desk 95% of the time during a 24-hour period with only one lunch break. In hell, you know you are in internal damnation, but you are still legally inclined to a lunch break. Another rule is that you must answer every single phone call. If you fail to do this, you are punished and possibly get a day added on before you can appeal. You sit down at your cube and begin work. After the hours of you being tortured at the desk by disgruntled people on the other line, you decide to look for an exit. The white room seems to go on for forever, and every cube, every desk, every aisleway looks the same. You see enclosed cubes every now and then designating a bathroom, but the cube array is almost endless. Finally, you reach a wall, one that you never thought was possible. In that wall is a singular door that says exit. But upon trying to exit this hell, you are only greeted with fire. The man in black comes to your location and escorts you back to the desk. You see a note on your computer. The note reprimands you and says that you now have 16,237 days added onto your appeal wait time. And that another infraction could lead to you being sent to the basement. <laughs> you ask the man in, the, in black what this means and he says he will show you. But before you leave, a bell rings. It is time for lunch. And that's my first part. 
I'm so excited to find out what lunch is. It's it's really dumb. So the thing is, like, I thought about hell, and the first thing that came to mind was work. Work is hell. But the worst job I have ever worked was working in a call center. I won't say for who. Safe light. Um, <laughs> but it, it, it was, you had to sit at the desk for 90% of the time. If you left, you would get, like, if you had to go to the bathroom too long, reprimand it. If you had to do whatever too long, reprimand it. And it was just sitting there getting screamed at hour after hour for multiple days at a time. And they're like, oh, hey, you can make so much more money if you work overtime. And I tried once to work overtime, but it literally killed my soul so hard that I just went home and just stared. I don't even know what I was staring at. I just stared. So call center, I thought, was like a literal hell for me. And I thought I would turn my little world this week into hell and kind of have fun with it. But yeah, it's, you know, it's hellish. Uh, Yeah, I mean, see, the weird thing is, I, I kind of like getting yelled at by people. Like, What I'm, the hell is your problem? I just, I kind of thrive on that. Like, my family yelled at each other. And, like, not in a bad way, you know, but, like, my family was very loud and there was a lot of screaming. And it was usually not, like, super hostile. Um, this is all hostile, Cody. This is all hostile. So this is a call What center. I mean is that, like, getting yelled at just doesn't always have that thing where I immediately, like, get... And so, like, at work, like, I sometimes get yelled at by, like, disgruntled people, and I'm, I, like, usually, I kind of like it, because I can, that's so, Cody, you are a crazy person. Well, I also worked at a fast food restaurant, man, you just get screamed at at so much, and you just have to be like, yeah, man, yeah, no problem, we'll, we'll get that sorted out, don't even worry about it, because that just takes the wind right out of their sails. So, I literally, so there was a... When I worked at the call center, there was a disgruntled employee who was completely in the wrong. He had called before and both insurance and our company said that you would have to pay for this out of pocket. You can't go through insurance because this is not something that's covered by insurance. And so he finally called and got me on the phone. And I told him this. And I even went through all the hoops of like talking to the like insurance representative and all that stuff to finally come back to him and talk to him about it. And he sat there in a seething anger, not yelling at me, just sitting there and telling me how all the things that he hated about me and all the things that meant I was going to hell and um, that I would would never get a good job and I was always going to be at this level for the rest of my life and just kept digging into me for 10 minutes straight. And you can't hang up on them. You just have to let them finish tearing into you. And that was the worst experience of my life. Are you allowed to mute them, though? No. Because they also, they they track because the call can be recorded for quality assurance. It's actually recorded, and it randomly bosses will pick what phone calls to listen to, and that's how you get rated and either raises. I didn't get a raise because I was only a summer employee, but that's how you get rated. And yeah, so be nice to call center employees because it is a literal hell. But Cody, this episode is going to be super long because we won't shut up. Second part. <laughs> All right, stop to the sea, have fun hell is a blast (laughs) for demons anyways or so i'm told you fall for longer than feels safe then slap hard into the water you can feel flesh ripping from one of your feet and the horrible burn of salt water on an open wound you're breathing hard and trying to tread water while not moving your mangled foot you can feel the cold iron gray water warming around you from your own blood 
white-capped waves crash around you as a storm starts to grow. You know you will drown eventually. This all makes a lot more sense to you, for sure. Yeah, being wounded at open sea is horrible, but it's almost a relief compared to possum hell. At least this one will be quick. Then you see just about the only thing that can make it worse. The slippery gray, a slippery gray fin sticking out of the waves, at least three feet high. The shark it belongs to must be massive. It at first seems to be such an innocuous little thing, just a fin moving in a lazy circle around you, tasting your blood as an appetizer. Then you catch sight of a second fin, and a third, as you you spiral around in the roiling waters, you you manage to catch sight of one of them charging you. Beneath the water, you can see rows of slate teeth bared in a monster's mouth. You take solace in knowing that this will be... You take solace in knowing that the end will be soon. Something massive rises up from the water and swallows the shark whole. Not just a bigger fish, but something like the ocean itself or a mountain growing out of the gloom and ate the thing that was about to eat you and then vanishes. As you peer down into the waves and water, you see something moving. You can't detect edges, just the mind-melting understanding that whatever is down there is so large that you cannot comprehend the scale. Ice floods floods your insides as you begin swimming away from whatever this is. Your foot is screaming in pain, but nothing compares to the creature that's lurking below you. Hours pass, but beneath you the creature still waits. Until, with an audible rush of water, a flap of flesh the size of a mountain tears out of the water. Yikes, dude. It shades what little light there is in this place. Water falls from it like rain, and wind rushes around you. And in slow motion, you see whatever this thing is start to fall back down to the water. A silky gray-green tent dropping over you, obscuring the sky. You expect to be crushed instantly. Instead, you're pushed into the water, miles down into the deep. You can feel the pressure crushing your body. Your head is pounding with the pressure of the void. There is no longer any up or down, no light, just the rushing bitter water and the horror of the Leviathan torturing you, but not with malice, but rather with the same indifference that it might show an ant. Um, yeah, so I hate whales. I, um, I know. They, they, so when you first started talking about the big thing, I knew it was a whale because we've done yeah. this before. Yeah, yeah. I just don't like whales, man. And, I, and like, I, I understand that, like, whales are an endangered species and I'm not, like, promoting us massacring no, whales. of course I not. just don't have, I have zero interest in being in the water with a whale because they are so stupid huge. They yes. are way too big and I don't like it. A you whale can stand on it and be supported by it. Yes. Yeah. A whale could just kill me. Not because it wants to kill me, but because it wiggles its tail differently this time. And I'm like, no, I'm not about that keep whales away from me i don't like them and i don't i am fine with being in open water i'm fine with not being able to see the bottom of water underneath of me i've been in like open water um i'm i'm like afraid of sharks if i was in the water with a shark but i'm not like if i'm in the ocean i'm not scared of sharks Um, i've never been open water ocean but i have been open water lake before and those are two very different things yeah, yeah. Open water lake is still. Well, I mean, on the boats way. I've been, they've been like huge boats, so it's never been like a thought of like anything bad's gonna happen. So yeah, um, open water ocean is terrifying. <laughs> 
Well, right. And like, to me, what it is, is the idea, not that I can't see something down there, but that I might look down and realize that the void that I am seeing is in fact alive and something. I'm fine with it being nothing. I'm not fine with it being something. It would be like if you looked up in space and then space moved. Like, wait, what? My brain just liquefied. That's kind of like the... um. It's like the Lovecraftian horror. Yeah. Bothers Whales me. as a Lovecraftian horror. Yeah, yeah. I don't I don't like them. I don't I don't want to be near them. I I like it. Like I'm fine with animals that want to kill me. Like a shark wants to eat me. I can understand that. You know what I mean? It's like a it's like a predator prey thing. I get it. You know what I mean? But when it's just like I am an ant compared to this thing. It's not that I'm a meal compared to this thing. I am nothing that that's that i find horrifying and it's why i don't like whales that's a nightmare dude like like you your description of it is a nightmare like i am fine with whales until you said that <laughs> that's why that's why i don't like that's the end of my section too that's okay no i, I think writing wise that was really good but i do not like how you described that because it was very it was honestly like like kind of scary bud <laughs> I, I didn't yeah like that. well like that's why i don't like whales like that that's that's the nightmare is that a whale would just like hit me with its tail and then i would be 50 feet down <laughs> in the water <laughs> whale like, tail what <laughs> what just happened something so huge just pushed me into the water and it doesn't even matter it can't even tell that it did it i mean nothing anyways this is gonna be such a long episode. Um, flora and fauna, and as I actually captioned this, flora and fauna. But as always, not really. <laughs> <laughs> the bell rings for lunch, and everyone is slowly ushered by men in black-clad police uniforms into a n- new door that suddenly appeared. The room is spread out, and everyone is escorted to their own individual table. The black-clad guards remind you that this is hell, and to fraternize during lunch would be against the point. Everyone must eat by themselves, and the people you have seen try to break this rule are escorted to an unknown location by the guards. The food is delivered at your table, and you see a tray filled with a black mush. It looks like if grits and charcoal had a baby and smelled like death. In your mouth, it stings like daggers and tastes like rotten eggs and dirt. But somehow, you feel more energized, almost against your will. The food is disgusting, but after all, it is sustenance. Your handler demon in black from before comes in to check on you. Of course, you ask him what the hell, all all pun intended, the food is made out of, so he takes you to the source while explaining. You see, after you die, your soul is implanted into an artificial body so you can feel all the torment you are being put under. But those who are either appealed, those who are who spent too long in hell and need a new body, or those whose crimes were too heinous and therefore tossed outside of the building into the internal fire forfeit their bodies. These bodies are then taken back into the system and processed. Of course, Satan, the Lord of Hell, believes in reduce, reuse, and recycle, because what monster wouldn't? So he has machines grind down the bodies, fills them with his special set of herbs and spices for taste, and then feeds them back to the people for nutrients. The man takes you into the food processing room. It is filled with machines that are covered in some black goo that resembles the food you eat. The machines make a horrid grinding and smashing sound. 
you see a large hopper where the excess bodies are poured into the grinder and then spat out onto a conveyor where they are mixed with spices and packaged in glass tanks. You go to puke, but for some dumb reason, the guard tells you that it would contaminate the food. This is all so overwhelming for you, so you go to run again. But the guards catch you almost immediately. For your second infraction, the crime of trying to escape hell, you are taken to the basement. <laughs> the man in black tells you that because he likes you, you only have to spend one day in the basement. You are guided. That's not the voice I did before. <laughs> Dang it. You are guided into the most horrifying room you have seen in this establishment. A room full of toilets. Of course, this is hell. These toilets are caked with gunk and completely clogged with God knows what, again, com pun, completely intended, and your job for the next day is to unclog as many of these toilets as you can and clean them till they sparkle with a toothbrush. So your handler tells you, you just gotta get in there, cackling as he walks away. The smell is so potent you almost pass out. This will be the worst day of your life. And that's my second part. It's really dumb, but I enjoyed writing it. Mine is like, it's like a roller coaster of dumb. It like gets dumb and then it gets not dumb and then it gets dumb and then it gets not dumb again. Okay. Sorry, when I do voices, my audio level, um, my audio level just gets really bonkers. So I have to keep adjusting it on the fly. Otherwise I'm constantly clipping or I'm way too quiet. All right. Stop three, maybe. I'll pick you up soon, you little creep. You exit the car into a gray and drab city. It's not a flaming hellscape or anything, just a kind of gloomy day, people hustling and bustling to and fro. This is obviously not a personal hell for you, but a hell for many people. You hear snatches of little conversations or mutters as people walk by. Ah, maybe we can meet tomorrow. Let me pencil that in. Uh, remember to get milk. Okay, step one, read the recipe. Call them and see about that merger. We'll need about 50 feet of pipe for that. I will. Let me think about it. Maybe tomorrow. We can think about it. Yes. Okay. Give me the details. I'll get back to you. It all seems pretty normal. Just people going about their kind of boring days. You find a place to live as you always have to do in hell. And it's just a little condo. Seems totally fine. No monsters or torture this time. Maybe this place would not be so bad. Then you turn on the TV. It immediately starts looping through the TV guide channel. Well, that's fine. All the listings seem watchable. Um, you make a plan for your evening. Just uh, watch some TV. Uh, as soon as you try to click through the channels, though, you realize that you're only able to see the TV guide channel. Well, maybe that's a little bit anachronistic, but it's not the worst thing. So off to bed you go. You know you're going to have to start a, a new job in the morning. Even in hell, there are no days off. Yeah, exactly. The next day at work, you find an okay office and are assigned this massive project. Great. Idle hands are the devil's, well, you know, the devil's tool. Your schedule is, um, you schedule some kickoff meetings and spend the rest of the day responding to emails and planning your next day. And then the next day you do the same thing. And then the next and the next. After a month, you realize that you've never actually done anything on your massive project. You've just made plans. And you've also never actually managed to get dinner with anyone that works here. You've just made plans to do that. And you pass a lifetime making plans and watching the TV Guide channel. 
And that is my section three. Okay, so you I got, hate planning. Yeah, you, um, you 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 got cerebral with this last part. <laughs> y- yeah. Um. So I really hate planning like a lot, and and I hate that. Kind, you <laughs> wait, know what wait, I mean? you when hate just, planning things? That's what I'm in charge of planning everything with this show. Well, and it's like, and I don't mind when like you plan something and then you do it, but that thing where you just like have to sit there and like work out, yeah, figure a plan out a that you feel like yeah. never is gonna happen or <laughs> like, it, like never goes drama. anywhere, but you just like talk about it forever. That is like, oh, I hate it so much. Like deciding where to go to dinner or something, or like what movie to see or anything like that. I'm like. I just want to go and do something. I could not care less, you know? Um, so that that would be like a constant nails on the chalkboard for me is just always making plans but never actually doing anything because I have so little interest in making a list and checking off the list. That does <laughs> nothing for me. So you have so little interest in making a list and checking it twice. Yeah, no, I could not be Santa Claus. I would just give random people presents. This is and like, then throw dear, dear kid, take this. Just take this. I don't care. I don't care. Just take it. Uh, if I was like, Santa Claus, like, yeah, I think I would just have a bag of presents and coal and just huck them like, at people. But I was good all year. Why did I get coal? I don't care. <laughs> like, present for you. Like, what am I supposed to do with this? Like. It's not even the right present. Like, I don't care. I don't know. Just take it. It's yours now. I asked for Call of Duty, but you just gave me My Little Pony action figures. And then the whole My Little Pony Brony thing begins. Yeah, that was me. I made bronies. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, soci- we got to finish the show. Society history. We are so, so far behind. We're not that over time. We're at 59 minutes. We're fine. Yeah, this is we, not it's going to end up podcast. being an hour 30. I know how this show goes. Anyways. I only have one section left. The devil, like all people, gets bored. Sitting and ruling over hell, a place that is completely engulfed in flames, where those you are tor- you are tormenting are always screaming and gnashing their teeth, gets pretty boring. The devil thought of making a skate park for him and his demons to kick back sometime, but that was off limits by the rules of God. So he thought to himself, how could I make hell a little bit worse? How can I torment... Sorry... <clears throat> Do I want to do this in devil voice? Yeah, you got to yeah, do, do a satanic so, voice. So he man. thought to himself, how can I make hell a little bit worse? How can I torment others so that they completely break down? Not good. Not a good devil voice. Not a good devil voice. He went up to earth to see what things can truly break a human. He challenged God to see if he could truly break one of his servants. What was his name again? Uh, like Job or something? Well, that man didn't break. He held strong to his beliefs. So the devil walked the earth for a bit longer. You know that was a good joke. (laughs) I'm booing this joke. That was the hackiest joke I have ever heard in my life. He found some ideas, but those seemed way too heinous for even the king of hell. So he continued walking until about the year 2000. The year 2000. Um, The boom of the call center. Everyone and their mothers became a became workaholics, and the call centers were some of the worst places to work. You can't leave. All you have to do is sit there and talk to people who hate you for just working your job. The turnover rate is high, and most people who work in call centers are filled with despair. Now, what would happen if you simply could not leave? Ever. No escape, only a few food breaks. No sleep, no talking to peers, completely isolated. 
only facing the hate that you gave others all through your life. Satan saw this as the perfect plan. Now, what would be the punishment if you tried to run? Well, in his travels, the devil stopped at a, a few gas stations. Even he was appalled. Even the toilets in hell weren't that bad. Perfect. You mess up, you face the sheer evils that come out of a human's back end. The worst of the worst can be thrown into the fires like usual, just to endlessly scream and gnash, but those with smaller crimes would face the pain of endless work. Satan began working on his office building in the middle of the fire pit. He moved the filing system into the building and gave humans the jobs of following up cases. This would give more people he would stick in the call center something to be envious of, driving them closer to madness. This was Satan's fun side project and the perfect torment for so many people. He gave his best demons the jobs of handlers. He made their appearance that of pretentious men and women in black suits. That way, the air of elitism would always hang in the room and all the humans would feel like they were being condescended. If a human wasn't getting tortured enough through the office, then out to the fires with them. The devil enjoyed this game, but dreaded the day he would be filled with boredom again. And that's my third part. I really <laughs> enjoyed writing that. <laughs> I had a lot uh, of fun. Yeah, I I can understand that. I had I had a lot of fun. Anyway, uh, okay, you ready for my last section? Yeah, yeah, buddy. All right, this one's short. Good. Stop four. Your last stop. The sun is setting on a messy jumble of broken things, stacks of paper, and half-formed ideas as far as the eye can see. The world is empty and quiet and still. No wind, no weather, no people around, nothing but the dusty ground, and on it a singular note. Finish before the day is done, then your soul will be pure. The sun is already setting. You reach for the nearest broken object. The tools are all right there, and really it's kind of fun. A few screws, some glue, and boom, you're done. The sun sinks and the day ends. Well, this isn't so bad. You just have to finish all these projects. It might take a lifetime of lifetimes, but it's fun. Oh no, I see where it's going. The next day your work is undone and more is piled up. Okay, fine. You just have to get really good at fixing all this stuff. Lifetimes, you go on like that. Building muscle memory and skills, multitasking, and over the course of any given day, your hands might be a nonstop blur. But it doesn't matter. The pile never shrinks. Next came cheating. There must be some kind of trick to this, a way to make something that could finish all the unfinished work. But that also failed, and in fact just wasted more time and more piled up. There were seasons to the anguish. Days of just trying uh, to accept a new home among the half-finished thoughts. Days of manic effort. Days where you got a little bit further than you ever had before. But each day the pile still only grew. Who knows how many lifetimes you lived being buried by unfinished thoughts. But the day that your soul did become pure was when you finally accepted that these things would remain unfinished, but that did not mean that you had to. And that is my last section. So, um... <laughs> I my... love how this is so personal to your life experience. Yeah, yeah, hate, yeah. So this is plans, like the you most... You hate piles piling up. You hate, you just, yeah, I, I love it. Anyways, keep going. Sorry, so, sorry. like, for me, probably, like, the largest frustration I have is that I way overcommit myself and then, like, am constantly 
overwhelmed by the amount of things that I have to do because I've decided to do way too many things. Like, I have way too many hobbies. I have way too many interests. I do not have time for all of them. I'm always neglecting one of them, you know? Like, I build computers as a hobby but that means i'm not fixing my motorcycle and i'm doing less woodworking than i want to but then i start doing woodworking and i want to work on my motorcycle and then i work on my motorcycle and i want to get into baking more and then i get into bake and it's just like a constant never-ending cycle of on any given day there's like a thousand things that i want to do and then i get way too overwhelmed with all of those things (laughs) i'm literally in the same boat i get you yeah because I'm like, well, I, I need to get my kombucha going, and I, and I, I got to get this sourdough loaf going, and I want to cook something weird for dinner. Oh, and I also have to raise a child. <laughs> yeah, it's just like that on repeat. <laughs> um, so I think that that would be like the endless torture is knowing that I'm not going to have enough time to finish something. Like, bothers me so much when I like hit a point in a day where I'm like, it doesn't even matter if I don't sleep. This is not getting done as much as I want it to. That would be the worst. <laughs> well, th- th- that's kind of the kind of the basis of why I wrote this because, like, I I mean, I'm gonna say this a little bit in my last part, but like, to me, it's just like this endless cycle of work and then go home completely drained and then try to live a normal life. That's kind of hell. And like, like I get you because like the same thing with me. I have so many things that I want to do, so many projects I want to start. World Shop being one of them. And it's like the only thing that, because we have such a schedule, it's the only thing that like truly gets done every week, other than sidekick. But it's like I want to play more guitar, but when am I gonna have time to play guitar? Do blink, do blink, do blink, do blink. On top of that, read. I want to read these books. I have so many books behind me that I want to read. I have so many things that I want to do. Recommendation: Remember, I started Hellboy. Never finished Hellboy because I got all this other stuff coming in, and it's just like an endless pile of just stuff that I want to do but can't. Because eight hours or more, like today, is spent at work. Uh, yeah, And work well, and even is like, the only way I can have a livelihood. So I have to work. I can't just not work or I'm not going to have a livelihood. But then I am not able to do the stuff I like because I'm working too much. And then come home and then drain and have to do all this other stuff. Where Yeah, it's just an endless cycle. And, like, I don't even... I don't know. Like I, I do the same thing at work. Like I, I kind of sometimes overcommit myself and then I'm like stretched too thin to feel like I'm doing a good job yep. at my job, you know? Yep. Um, just because like I've, my brain split like five different places and on any given day, I'm like thinking about 15 things. Um, so yeah, having some amount of like acceptance and like, uh, not like giving up on things, but just like being more okay with like, this is not getting done. Yeah. It's okay. This doesn't have to get done right now. And even if it never gets done, that doesn't mean that like I've done something wrong. I have to like, I'm not going to get done in my life with all of the things I might have a passing interest in. You know what I mean? Like there's just no way I find way too many things fascinating, you know? Yeah, no, I I get you, and that really like I understand like that part hit close to home because that's just life. That's just fucking Yo. sorry, because that's just life. That's just freaking life. I really need to especially stop if you're a person who overcommits to right. way too. Yep, 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 yep. I also I need to stop swearing on the show. That's the hell is I keep swearing, and my mom's gonna listen to it and just scream at me for days on end. <sighs> what you do when she calls to scream at you? Just answer the phone and hang mute up it, on her? and then like every. 45 seconds just check in um you know just say sorry and then mute the phone again 
then just <laughs> or just set it down. Cody, you know that if she listens to this episode where I swore a bunch, like she's gonna listen to that part and know exactly what I'm doing. Well, right, but she's not my mom, so I don't care. <laughs> Thanks, Cody. I'm just gonna delete what you said and just take that advice and just do that so she doesn't. <laughs> Anyways, okay, society current. This is the last before. part. I also like this part. And okay, so you didn't like my Satan voice, but how, how should I? How should I do with Satan? Yes. I don't no, know, I not just, like that. You like this, yeah, Satan. It's just like it's like I don't know. I don't like a, I like a, I like a charismatic Satan. A charismatic like a, Satan, like Steve Urkel met the devil. Yeah, Stefan yeah, like Urkel, Satan and You kind of sound like Steve Urkel when you do Satan, and that's just like not the fun. Well, welcome although, to hell. Oh, I could do like Miss Cleo. Welcome to hell, man. Call me now. No, it's also not good. Little child, you down in hell, my boy. We're going to burn here forever. Call me now. Like, Satan either needs to be inhuman or... So you could just... Like, have gravitas, you know? Or I could just do Chad Kroger. Look at this graph! No. Okay, anyways. You push yourself... (laughs) I gotta start that over because that was just bad. You push yourself. Work hard every second. You find a way to diffuse the most unruly callers. Anything to make it to your appeal date. You see others around you not trying as hard, and their days until they can appeal stack up. You see some that are empty husk of, a, of the person they were before, constantly in and out of the basement, <laughs> and ready for the sweet release of death, but it never, ever comes. But you ignore their plight and focus on yourself. After all, it is hell and is every person for themselves. Finally, your appeal day comes. Your demon handler is so excited for you. For your petty life, it's been close to 50 hard years straight of working, and you finally pushed through and made it. He tells you he's never, ever seen someone work as hard as you. Not the same voice. Crap. You are taken to the top floor of the office building and led into an area that looks like the inside of a courthouse. You are ushered into a small courtroom where Satan himself presides over the appeals hearing. He gives you a small smile and tells you to state your appeal. So you go all in. Tell him how in life you did the best you could to be the model citizen and human. You tell him how at the call center you were only taken to the basement (laughs) once and worked hard every day. You go over how many times you got top marks for the calls you answered. And after you finish, you sit in silence for a couple of seconds before Satan bursts into uproarious laughter. I need a Satan voice. Yes, my Satan voice, my friend. (laughs) Man, you fell for it hard. He goes on. Some people fall for it, but you really went all in on this one. Why would there be an appeals process in hell? Internal damnation. The ultimate punishment. And you thought you could just talk your way through it. This is the true hell, knowing that no matter how hard you try, how hard you work and push your way through it, it all amounts to absolutely nothing. If you give up and give in, you are just tortured worse, so you have to push because there is no other way. Hell is a world without hope, but giving people some sort of hope and having them find out it is all fake breaks them. 
And that was the devil's goal with his with this office, to find a way to break people. You were escorted back to the cube farm, realizing it was all a big setup. The mailroom, the toilets, everything. They changed her soul to a new artificial body, so those who still think there is hope will try and make it out. For now, you are broken. But pushing forward is the only way to ease the pain. You continue answering phones and cleaning toilets for the rest of eternity. And that is my last part. Mine had a happier ending than yours. It's hell. <laughs> Why Shocking would... nobody. Okay, first of all, it's hell. Why would hell have a happy ending? I don't know. You know Why not... the hell would hell have a happy ending? I don't necessarily prescribe to the idea of permanence within hell, but you know that's like it's my it's own hell. Hell is described as eternal damnation, like the torture, the pain, the end. You thought you'd be happy in that? Yeah, I mean, eventually, sure. Anyways, but yeah, so I went with like the idea of that. Uh, yes, the true torture is actually finding out that none of this means anything. Like I have these times where I get really depressed about work and stuff. It's like, what does this actually? amount to and like the true hell to me is finding out that that amounts to nothing nothing you did ever matter no all the times you were yelled at all the times you put yourself through these bad things and just found out it was worth nothing that is hell to me i can understand that yeah so describe hell there you go happy ending and all because hell's happy (laughs) apparently also cody it's your turn to roll Oh yeah, it is my turn. How I do you forget? Like- I was gonna say, how do you forget every time? But also, you only do it like twice. <laughs> yeah, man, I'm like this is twice in a row. I'm on a roll. No, no, because uh, I did last week, so not twice in a row. Oh, never mind. Okay, yeah. let's see. What we also, get? if you roll a bit blank one, either make something up on the spot or just move on. <laughs> world that depends on an advanced technology slash robot world. Now we already did that. No, we did just straight up robot world. So straight up world, a straight okay, up fine. Roll world something is different than straight, slash roll robot something world. different, you dick. No, no, I think we're gonna no, do that. No, roll world something different, or on... I will roll something different. No, we're doing that. I'm excited. I'm not gonna do robots. I already know what I'm gonna do now. I'm like, uh, yeah, it, it av- advanced technology doesn't necessarily mean robots. It can be like a computer system. It can be the Matrix, pretty much. But that is advanced computer system. Yeah, I mean, also there's robots in that. Yeah, but you don't. You can do the Matrix, matrix without robots. Shut up, 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 shut up. Yeah, shut I'm up. excited. If it, God, I had to think of this. The real hell is doing the show with you. <laughs> <laughs> I, I you actually know, you have know that I'm joking. You know I love you, buddy. Where I was gonna just type out describing World Shop like in four what? sections. Yeah, when Diana says like, "Oh yeah, did you just describe working with Cody?" I was like, I should have done that because that would have been just real. So yeah, so you you sit down, you have this magnificent idea for the world, and then you start talking and are just made fun of for the rest of the hour. That that, my friend, is hell. Anyways, Cody, yep. what are your plugs? Check me and out at the w- Wandering Gamer Network, where where you find podcasts or on YouTube, or sometimes at very random times on Twitch. Oh, you didn't go for your usual joke of just talking about World Shop. Perfect. Okay. So. No, I don't make jokes multiple times, Jordan. I'm an original. You did it like twice in a row. 
Yeah, but see, doing it three times would be like that but would make it, it a satisfying joke. So I have to do it one <laughs> time say, less. Is it three, like it's the rule of threes, isn't it? So it's just always hanging that I could at any point <laughs> you, do it and then could have done it, but you just didn't. But uh, instead, I'm never going to. It'd be like if I told you I'm going to slap you in the face someday as hard as I can. You never that's, know. That's what a whole it's plot happen. line in How I Met Your Mother, and that show is awful. Anyways, my it plugs. is, but you know, it's the same. Okay, you know, you you, my you didn't have to rain my on plugs. my joke. My plugs. Okay, I'm listening to your plugs. Okay, so first, my point is that at some point you should yes and me with these things, and it could be like a funny back and forth instead of just pointing out the fact that I was referring to How I Met Your Mother. It comes back around and it's funny. Like immediately I have the anger and then like you keep talking and it's just funny again. <laughs> Anyways, okay, so the Also first... check me out on the World Shop podcast, we build worlds <laughs> based on the role of a 20 sided dice. Oh my gosh, yes. Okay, thank you. That 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 was good. That was very that good. Was I'm proud good, of you. Right? That was good. I'm, that was I'm good. okay with it. I'm okay. Okay, with anyways, you. can I do my plug now? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, so Wednesdays I do we belong on something, I guess at twitch.tv where we talk about anime and weird stuff um saturdays i stream dragon age with leah and we might be streaming um beyond good and evil for a little bit to give me a break from always having to play the game um and then sundays i do a show with my friend trin called chaos fiction theater where we read weird and bad fanfics we just finished my immortal and we're gonna start on the christian harry potter fanfic um and then lastly um, you can check out my other podcast, Side Characters, um, where we talk about diversity in our culture. I do have the link in the description every time. Anyways, thank you guys for listening. We will catch you on the flip side. Bye. Bye.